Hello and welcome to The Worst Critics, episode 34. We'll talk about the latest and not so greatest in movies, music, and television. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we'll get straight to the news. First bit of news is NBC has announced they are making a TV show based off Seth MacFarlane's TED movie series. The talking stuffed teddy bear. Uh, if you haven't seen it, they're okay. Bostonian bear. All right, it's not just any bear. Is that very? Uh, is that specific? Bostonite. Is that yeah, specific no, to not. the character lore? Because I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the character lore. I just know he's a fucking bear that talks. I, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, the second yeah, one. The first kinda... one's good. The second one's. I can't remember. A little bit samey. Uh, the first one I remember was really good up until it like got to a Nora Jones concert, and I was like, "Why is this in a movie?" But. Uh, yeah, I mean, a TV show, I wonder if it's going to be a live-action TV show, because I feel like that budget would be um, a lot, you know, yeah, trying high. to recreate that CGI. Uh, I think it will be, but it'll be lesser. See, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an animated show. If they just take that route and just have the talking bear. Have Seth know, MacFarlane do... Another animated show, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what he does. the last thing he needs, though. Is it? It's a bigger paycheck for him. Or more paychecks for him. Because, I mean, Family Guy's still going, right? I think, maybe? I don't... You know, the last time I watched Family Guy was, like, fucking more than ten years ago, I feel like. It's been a while uh, since I, you know, enjoyed Family Guy. Um, yeah, it's still going on, apparently. There we go. seasons, 369 episodes. Wow. Okay, so he doesn't really need this, but whatever. NBC is making a TED TV show. And moving on to something I can't really transition to, uh, Jamila Jamil has been cast as the villain Titania in the new She-Hulk show. Um, it's only interesting because she's pretty good in The Good Place, and I've never seen her in anything else before or after. Have you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, uh, I know her from The Good Place, but I, I'm not really sure what else she's in. Yeah, I, I think she did well as that character. I mean, it's probably a lot different. Comedy chops are probably a lot different than Disney Plus superhero action chops, but at the same time, not really. Paul Rudd can do it, so pretty sure anyone can. Oh, she's been on Harley Quinn since 2019. Oh, she's a voice? Mm-hmm. Who's she, she was on. She was on Crossing Swords. Um, She plays... Ba, 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 is Crossing ba, Swords ba. that really bad yep. stop motion? Yep. yep. That wasn't funny. Nope. I, I tried watching that. I I maybe made it two episodes in. Okay, well... I, uh, I don't even see who she is in this. Okay, well, yeah, I guess she's a voice on Harley Quinn. And speaking of villains and movies getting cast, Kevin Bacon has been cast opposite Peter Dinklage in the new Toxic, Toxic Avenger reboot. Uh, apparently he might play the mayor from the original who was the villain. It's been years, years, and years since I've seen that first Toxic Avenger. Um, I barely remember it, but yeah, Kevin Bacon has been cast in it, and Elijah Wood and Julia Baker have all... So I, I don't really know the budget on this picture, because I thought Peter Dinklage as a leading man is probably a lower budget, but then when you get Kevin Bacon and Elijah Wood... It's, it's uh, I don't know, it seems like a, a higher budget B-movie, I guess. 
Or at least a B who movie is, to Hollywood. Um, who is Julia Baker? You know, she was just in the casting news. So <laughs> she was literally in the same line as the Elijah Wood casting news. So I just include the name just in case the audience. And you're sure it was Julia? Uh, I'm pretty sure I copy pasted the names. Is it I Julie? See... Well, I'm just saying if it's Julian with an E, that's oh. like a singer songwriter. But if it's Julia Baker, that's just like this little kid who was in Heartland, the TV show, as a baby. I don't know, man. I just I, I figured if you're announced right beside Elijah Wood, that you right. might have you're a pretty big name. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could have just got the name wrong. It, it's totally possible. If uh, all the ten people who listen to this podcast want to correct me or something, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I know we're not sick and tired of biopics. You and I aren't. We could probably watch them forever, right? Oh, yeah. I'm a big biopic guy. Exactly. Well, good news is Bernie Mac is getting his very own biopic with the help of Get Lifted, which is uh, John Legend's production company. It's going to be helped by the Mac estate, so it's not one of those things like the uh, the Jimi Hendrix biopic, which couldn't use the Hendrix music because uh, the Hendrix estate did not like the producers and the director. So, so at least there's that. At least they'll be able to use it, you know, actual Bernie Mac footage or jokes or what he actually said. Uh, I guess that's always a good thing. I don't really care about biopics, seriously, on a serious note. It's. Good biopic is at best a good movie. And that's it? Most biopics, pretty trash. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of cash grabs now. Ever since yeah, ever I, since the musical biopic started, I think it's now just become cash grabs. Yeah. Well, and like, um, I don't know how many people were asking for a Bernie Mac biopic. Like, I feel like most people. I mean, Bernie Mac was obviously very, you know, prolific and talented actor slash comedian, comedian slash actor. I'm sure comedian slash actor is probably the more fitting title but like you know what kind of nuance are like like who are they trying to target with like is it just to reminisce is it to be a cash grab is it to you know like it's hard to figure out what this is trying to be except to generate money right because everyone loves it (laughs) and, and even if it's to generate money i don't know who they're shooting for you know what what's the what's the market on a you know, a comedian who's been gone for uh, for a minute now, you know, I, I, like maybe mm-hmm. a biopic 10 years ago would be a little more, I would think a little more relevant, but uh, I don't know. It's been a long time to the point that I don't see a lot of, a lot of like anyone younger than us knowing who Bernie Mac really is. And, you know, the only Bernie Mac I really got was the Bernie Mac show. You know, I wasn't right. Or I, I wasn't aware or, like, made aware of his actual stand-up. I don't think I've actually sat down and watched this stand-up. Oh, oh no. I've watched, like, the original Kings of Comedy. It's, like, him, Cedric the Entertainer, maybe D.L. Huey, and, like, Steve Harvey or some shit. Right. All relevant names to this generation. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I, I just don't know who this is for, really. I mean, I'll, I'll probably see it. Like, you know, it's, it's a movie. No, he's, like, in the Oceans movies and shit, too. 
But yeah, again, okay. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think. <laughs> also, uh, random side note: Are we done with this piece of news? Because yeah, I'm kind of yeah, over it. Yeah. Unfortunately, like R.I.P. Bernie Mac. But yeah, 2008 was a long time ago. And... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just whatever, man. Um, it's Julia Davis. How'd I get Baker? What? So, okay, whoever know, wrote that article, there's <laughs> no way. Uh, but she's a comedian from England. Okay, Julia Davis. What? Yeah, she's she's known for hit shows like Nighty Night and Hunderby. Of but course, she's an eight-time she's an eight-time BAFTA-winning comedian. So, I mean, what's that like? I don't even. Sure. It's a British Screen Acting Guild thing. Right. What's that mean to me? You know, that's what's important. What's that mean to an American audience member, such as myself? You don't watch enough British TV. Yeah, I mean, I don't really. I mean, I watch a little bit, but no, I don't really care who wins the BAFTAs. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I've, I've I've tried watching like other British TV shows that are you know not really recommended. I tried a new one called like W1A or WW1A and it's a mockumentary and I just didn't get it. I don't I don't know if it's just because I don't know the politics and all the kind of innuendos and all the jokes they were doing, but it's not my thing. Uh, speaking of casting news, Brad Pitt's Bullet Train has cast a lot of people. Um, it has cast Michael Shannon, Sandra Bullock, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Zazie Beetz. The movie will be directed by David Leach, who uh, directed Deadpool 2 and did the stunt coordinations for John Wick 1 and 2 and has done stunts for Hollywood forever now. He did that Atomic Bond movie. Uh, it's coming out in April 2022, and it is about a quintet of assassins who find themselves on a, on the same fast-moving train and realize their missions are all interconnected. Whoa, dude. Whoa. <laughs> They're all hired by Mr. White to kill these five diplomats. And then they're like, wait, we're going to destabilize the world's oceans. And you're like, what? <laughs> oh. And then the train explodes and no one lives anyway. Wow, what a twist. Spoilers. That movie's Spoilers. crazy. <laughs> See, I, I was thinking... Now, is Brad Pitt just producing this or is he No, I think, he, I think, I think he's the main, main star. Like, he's yeah, producing right. his... Um, Plan B Studios, I think that's him, uh, is producing, and then he's going to be the main role. Uh, I was thinking more of an Aces, Smoke and Aces kind of thing, you know? Where they're all just hitmen going after the same guy. Like, that movie wasn't great, but it was fun, you know? Uh, I kind of miss movies that were just fun to watch. Mm. Um. Oh my god, I'm going to forget the name of it. Hold on. Yes. It's... Hitman movie that we watched for a certain podcast that we do. Hitman movie? Yep. It's comedy. Kevin Spacey. What? Kevin Spacey? Isn't it? Or John Cusack. John Cusack. That's who it is. I've met, those two look so similar in my head. I mean, I, I sort of... I think it's the nose. I think it's the nose is what gets you or something. In the hair. I mean, I, I see. I don't think that's. I don't think they have the same hair. Kevin Spacey's got like that kind of circular balding. I mean, I don't know. I I I see where you're coming from, but um. But yeah, John Cusack. Yeah, Gross like Point that. Blank. Gross Point Blank. That's it. Okay, I don't think there's gonna be a Hitman movie that's ever better than Gross Point Blank. So we need well, to just nip that in the bud right there. 
Okay, uh, Kevin Hart has confirmed that Jumanji 4 is happening, uh, but is not happening currently just due to scheduling. Because, you know, you know, COVID. Crazy, right? Jumanji 3 coming out soon? Okay, so here's... I put Jumanji 4, but I also put 3 slash 5. Because if you're counting the first one, but if you're not counting Zathura, which is technically a Jumanji movie then it's going to be the fourth one. But if you're just counting the new ones, it'll be the third new one. Right. But if you're counting all, (laughs) it's actually the fifth one. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about, is that they called it Jumanji 4, and it's like, it's kind of confusing, guys. Um, Zathura literally says Jumanji in the opening credits, like, based off Jumanji. And it's a Jon Favreau movie, so it's not like... It was oh here's this B lister director and nobody budget you know <laughs> it was well it had some pretty big kid actors too didn't it I think so and I think... it had that uh, Hunger Games kid right and yeah and then Josh I... Hutchison I think like Dak Shepard was in it Dak Shepard yeah it had yeah. a big cast yeah and there's a there's a twist at the end man um, Tim Robbins I actually don't remember Tim Robbins <laughs> I remember the other three he was the dad. Dak oh. Shepard was the astronaut from the game. Oh, oh Dak well, actually, was... he was the twist. What's his name? Fucking Robin Williams. No, that's not how that works. Yeah. No, he was. He's the kid. Oh right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the kid who's stuck in the oh. game from the future. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I take it back. I mean, you know, it, it's weird that they just throws a throw under the rug as if it never happened but uh you know maybe they just don't count it canonically doesn't affect the lore of the next Jumanji movies uh oh yeah i'm sure they're all really tied together like that i thought those new two were all right that first one was a lot better but um i don't really remember the second one but the first one i thought was good yeah first new one yeah so um you know i'll probably see it uh this one too much of a star-studded cast to be fucked up really i mean no. For comedy. Okay. For comedy. Okay, yeah, that helps. That does help when it's a comedy and there's some leeway, whether it's actually, like, a good movie or not, or whether it's just a good comedy, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, Well, because, spe- like, what the fucking uh, Knives Out that's going to come out? Like, it's way too many people, right? Like, Right. But when you have that many good people working on a thing, it's hard to be bad. Like, it hope. might not be great, you know? Like, you, you, your expectations can only go so high when you have that many good people, but, like, it's very difficult to be bad. But, anyway, sorry. Yeah, uh, speaking of unnecessary or maybe just unwanted sequels, uh, Scoob 2 is in the works. I Perfect. will be the first one to say, fuck this, I don't want this, that first one was garbage, should have never happened. Um, I think that covers the bases. Scoob 2... Don't do it. Warner Bros, don't do it, please. Just don't. I don't, I don't want like, it. Who is it? Who is it for? Like, I, it must have gotten plenty of streams, obviously, right? Like, Well, Scoob 1 was so dedicated towards modern or modern children movies. You know, how there's just, like, this big climax and a race scene and there's annoying characters. There's just... They pivoted towards modern children movies, so I wouldn't doubt if this was a huge hit. Like, I don't doubt at all Scoob 1 being a hit. I just don't want this. I want a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> don't don't give me Scoob. 
I'm I'm over the Scoob thing. Like, let's move on. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? Let's move on to the next piece of news too. Uh, Dion Taylor has announced that he's going to direct a soft reboot to the series Blackula. Uh, it'll nice. be yeah, it'll be set after the second one. Uh, Dion Taylor is the man who directed Meet the Blacks, which is a, an Ice Cube movie I've never seen. And I, I don't know. It, this is. I don't know how to approach this piece of news because it's kind of weird that just like a old black exploitation movie is getting a reboot, but a soft reboot because it will be set after the second one. So like the first ones are going to be canon. So it's technically a soft reboot, but like, does anyone really know the story or the roots of Blackula at all for this to be a sequel? Like, like Halloween being a soft reboot and taking into account the like first one and two. That's that makes sense, you know. That's a huge property. There's been twenty of them, but uh, I couldn't tell you the last Blackula movie that came out. Just nope. yeah, yeah. I'm, that's uh, yeah. yeah. I really like. <clears throat> I can't recall the last made for a black audience movie that came out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get some water. My voice is a little bit. But um. Yeah, it certainly wasn't like this, you know, soul plane esque. Like, like that's like the last, like besides the Medea movies, I guess, where it's like largely intended for a black audience. And obviously, like, there's nothing wrong with, again, pandering to any kind of particular audience. But I'm like, is Blackula really what like people want to watch right now? Like, it just confused me. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I have no idea. Um, it, I don't know the actual setting, so I don't know if it's actually going to be modern day. I think it said something about modern day, and I forgot to write it down. Like, as if COVID was actually going to be part of the plot line or something. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's interesting to see a movie like this get a sequel. It, it, I don't know. It's like hearing about a new Dolomite movie or something. I just, I, right. it'd, be, it'd be crazy. <laughs> I'd be pretty surprised. Uh, Wait, and so this is, and it's from the seventies. It's seventy two and seventy three. Yeah, like legit, just black exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm just like, fucking interesting way to just pick it back up and be like, yeah, yeah. Sure. been here all along, guys. I mean, I'm probably gonna watch it just because I'm very curious. I might have to watch the first two. You know, like I get the story, gotta catch up with the story. Uh, yeah. And moving on to the next piece of news that doesn't have a good transition and also isn't really news. Uh, John M. Chu, the director of Now You See Me and Now You See Me 2, has confirmed that the second one was going to be called Now You Don't. But apparently marketing said they didn't like the word don't in the title. So he had to change it to Now You See Me 2, which um, this isn't news. But it's really weird. Like, now you don't such a better title. It's a billion times better. It's crazy how much better of a title that is. And like, then you, I feel you know, like numbering your titles is just lazy. Boring. Yep. It's just, you know, it's been done. It's been done before. Change it up. Um, I mean, oh, it's really, it's, it's the default, right? Like, right. it's not even that it's been done. Like, there is no other option to go to if you can't think of something original 
And it's not, they didn't even put, like, it's not even like they pulled a Star Wars where they have the number and then a subtitle. Like, they could have had, now you see me too, colon, now you don't. And I think that would have even been better. But the fact that they just completely omitted, now you don't. Now you don't. It's kind of stupid. Marketing, you you missed out on some good marketing, actually. Uh, I didn't realize that John Chu's doing it. Oh, it already came out. What? Yeah, now you see me too, it's been out. Um, probably doesn't see really? it because it was just called Now You See Me Too and You Don't Care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did I not know that? It's, it's all the same people too? Pretty sure. Yep. yep Eisenberg yep. and yep. Woody Harrelson and the whole gang? I don't know if Woody Harrelson's back, but Eisenberg definitely is. Um, I, know, I know for a fact. And Morgan Freeman, maybe, if I recall. Yeah, like Michael, Michael Caine's in it? Oh, Michael Caine. Maybe that's it. Maybe like Dave Franco. No, Morgan Freeman's in it, too. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was just one old sage character. <laughs> you know, they had to go for two. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, yeah, I just think that's really stupid. Um, speaking of news, that's not really news, but I read it, so I'm going to share with you all. Uh, the new Space Jam movie apparently has some scenes where they go through the Warner Bros. universe, you know, the rich universe of Warner Bros., and they'll have different Looney Tunes characters in place of classic whatever characters you want. But apparently there is a scene where Foghorn Leghorn is going to portray a Targaryen complete with long blonde locks and everything. And that, that sounds awesome to you? Yes, this sounds amazing. I need to see Space Jam 2, and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't is think... Does that already come out too? No, that comes out in like a month or so. Oh, yeah, we need to make that one of our watches. I mean, it's I definitely totally going to be. See it. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see the travesty that is the actual movie, but I'm anticipating this scene far more than anything. Um, and word has it that that's the reason Pepe Le Pew was cut out, is he was going to be in the Casablanca reference. And they were going to make fun of Casablanca with Pepe Le Pew, but... They decided not to do that, and he was taken out. Cause I don't just got sure that's why he was taken out. I you know I don't know I don't care. Isn't he a bit him. like sexual and? Yeah, that's why he was taken out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. But uh, yeah, and some more casting news. Man, this the news I have is just weird order. Nothing really groups up, so my transitions are real bad this week. But uh, John Wick Four has added Hiroyuki Sonata to an unknown role. Uh, we just saw Sonata in Mortal Kombat. He portrayed Scorpion. And man's a great actor. And John McFord just cast somebody last week as the villain, I think. Yeah, we, we talked about it. but Was it Donnie Yen? I think it was Donnie Yen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Yen two weeks ago, actually. Sorry, not last week. Uh, two weeks ago. So, I mean, Donnie Yen... And Sonata, looking pretty good. Looking like I'm going to see John Wick 4. Crazy. I <laughs> would have never guessed. Uh, yeah, and that's still coming out later this year. I don't know if COVID affected that release date or not. Could be next year. I don't know. Okay. Um, this one's a weird one, too. Hulu has announced... They're all weird, bro. They are. Hulu has announced that they are renewing the Hardy Boys TV show for season two. I didn't know there was a season one. I don't know when this came out. 
I don't know what it looks like. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I figured I would see this or like, like through some sort of osmosis, I would see this on Reddit or scrolling through Hulu or, or something. <laughs> but uh, apparently, it did well enough to get a season two. Or sorry, yeah, it came out came out December twenty twenty, I guess, and then season two is coming out sometime in next year. Huh. Okay, well, it did well enough, and or was cheap enough to make a second season. I I, I really just enough. didn't know. I I didn't know. Uh, I'm I'm always curious to know what the Hardy Boys property is doing. Because way, way back when, I'd say, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago, there was a Hardy Boys comedy announced, and it was going to be Ben Stiller and Tom Cruise. And that just never happened. Like, it just, it never came to fruition. They talked about it, like, just very lightly, and then it died. And now we're getting Hulu original Hardy Boys TV shows, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a Nancy Drew show because those go hand in hand, I'm pretty sure. Like, the same audiences are probably into both. You could do some crossovers, you know, get a whole detective universe going. Hardy Boys cinematic universe. Sounds like a winner to me. But, uh, yeah. So we talked about what? I looked up the uh, Hardy Men. I found yeah. a Hollywood Reporter article from 2007. Oh, I, I knew it was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, 20th Century Fox buddy action comedy produced by Stiller for him and ben, or him and Tom Cruise. Do the thing. I'm glad I remember. I'm glad I remember a piece of news from 14 years ago about a canceled movie. It's so it's so well, useful. And, and like they had just come off of Night at the Museum. Oh, I mean, that was like they were going to use some of that money to keep the kid comedies coming. That makes sense, but they decided to do the second one. Yeah. Was there a third one? I think so, right? They go to England or some shit. What? (laughs) Do they even spend a night at the museum? Like, what is that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like helping curate a thing. I forget. Okay. Uh, he's, he's like a, a guardsman, right? But right. they were like moving shit from the, whatever, Natural History Museum in New York to some shit in England. And there's like a joint mummy thing. And what a movie. Over series. there. And someone's trying to rob them. Classic. What a series. I mean, I had what, uh, Robin Williams as Teddy Roosevelt and Rami Malik as a uh, King Tut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, man, what a weird series. Okay, well, it had like it had like what? Uh, Ricky Gervais and that newest one, Ben Kingsley, like a bunch of people. It had that. Oh, what's that? Uh, she's a larger woman. Um, she's kind of like a British Melissa McCarthy. Wow. She's blonde. Um, I I don't know. Well, she does like very crass comedies where she's like she the lead younger? role and just does a bunch. Of, yeah, she's younger. Rebel Wilson. Maybe. Hold on. She's in. Um, what was that movie? She's in yep. a movie. Uh, yeah, Pitch she, Perfect. She was in. Yeah. <laughs> she's she in was in those. that. Wow. Well, this is all news to me. Um, 
Night of the Museum. Go, go check it out. I don't know how we... Whatever. <laughs> We're moving on to news that the new Craven movie we talked about uh, two weeks ago that's starring Aaron Taylor Johnson will introduce Chameleon, the not-so-popular Spider-Man villain. Uh, I, I'm i just happy to see Chameleon in live action. Uh, we're finally getting it. It's going to be cool. Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven, also cool. And moving on to Will Ferrell's new show, The Shrink Next Door, which will also star Paul Rudd, Catherine Hong, and Christina Applegate, uh, will be an Apple TV series. Uh, Apple TV miniseries, and the synopsis or whatnot uh, is inspired by the true story of Marty and the therapist who turned his life around, then took it over. When he first meets Dr. Ike, Marty just wants to get better at boundaries. Over 30 years, he'll learn all about them and what happens when they get crossed. So it's a therapist who like hypnotizes him? And takes over his life, or like a I, therapist who just knows everything about his life, and as a result can manipulate him. Yeah, I, I just assumed it's like a very clingy therapist thing. There's a trailer, but I don't watch trailers, so there's a trailer I'll, out there. I just, won't be watching the trailer. Yeah, it, which just, one of them? You know, which one of them's the therapist? Which one of them's the victim? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. They both have a beard and glasses, so they could be either one, really. <laughs> you know, it's. It's up to you to maybe it's up to the audience to decide, you know, or maybe they just need to watch the trailer real quick and figure that like out. The older themselves. guy, probably the therapist, and that's got to be Will Ferrell, right? Will Ferrell would be funnier as a therapist, I think, because like if I'm imagining the roles reversed, Paul Rudd as the therapist and Will Ferrell as the normal guy sounds less funny. Well, he wouldn't be normal; he'd be going to a therapist, so he'd probably well... got all kinds of problems. Hey, normalize therapy, okay? Normalize mental health issues, John. Come on. Yeah, that's what I, I am. You can't say not normal, then. But you said the therapist was not normal. <laughs> I said nothing I like, of in the that, sort. I feel like in that situation, the therapist <laughs> is the more normal person. Uh, Unconfirmed. Maybe you'll have to watch the trailer to figure it out. Or watch the show when it comes out later this year on Apple TV. Uh, it'll, nope. it'll be a miniseries, so I'll definitely be inclined to watch it because... You know, if it's only one season, that's way more digestible. And Lasso's getting a second season. You haven't even caught up, bro. I just don't. Apple TV it's sucks. Good. It's fun. I'm not saying Ted, Ted Lasso's not bad. I'm just saying Apple TV's bad. It's bad. They have, no, they have no TV, support. Apple TV Plus. The Apple TV is a device. Okay. I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure about? Are you hundred percent sure about that one? One million, one million percent. We've had Apple TVs ever since we were growing up. Apple TV Plus just came out like two years ago. It's okay, well, plot. well, they should think of a different one instead of copying Disney and Discovery. Uh. It, I think, I think Apple was just after Disney. So okay, well, still, I think the plus thing. I mean, they definitely to... stole Disney, but yeah, it's the plus thing needs to end. We're already over it, I think. But uh, speaking of kind of the opposite news, instead of a show's announcement, this is a show's cancellation. Jamie Foxx's sitcom, Stop Embarrassing Me, Dad, has been canceled after one season on Netflix. Yeah, uh, do you remember when you just found out that that existed, like, two weeks ago? Yeah, literally. Literally on the news, I think we talked about it. And I looked at an image, and it's just Jamie Foxx dressed up as an old man. So, looks like a hit. 
It looks like plenty yeah. of people definitely watched it. I mean, this is... It's crazy because he's so talented, too. Like, why is he in such shitty shit? Paychecks? He's in the Shazam thing, or the Shazam... Or he was the host of the Shazam show. So... Money. Money's pretty important to people, John. I guess, man. <laughs> he's already rich, though. More money's important, John, okay? You just don't get it. Singer, songwriter, actor, slash producer, Jamie Foxx needs more money. Okay? No matter what. And moving on. Yeah, some more Netflix news. Uh, Netflix has made a multi-year production deal with J-Lo. And, separate piece of news, a multi-year production deal with Amblin Pictures, which is Steven Spielberg's production company. And if you remember two years ago, Steven Spielberg said streaming movies and theatrical movies should be totally separate things when it comes to award seasons. It'll be interesting to see what he thinks now, after he's got that Netflix movie. Now that he'll start making some huge-ass movies on streaming platforms. Yep. Uh, So apparently Amblin Pictures has a deal with Universal. It's Universal or Paramount to do theatrical movies. But whatever Amblin does streaming is going to go to Netflix. So they have a uh, pretty busy plate. It's 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 funny that Spielberg can just get, you know, money and he'll probably shut up about complaining about Netflix. It's great. Uh and the, Are you about money like you do? And uh, back to the J Lo thing. What T V shows or movies does she produce? Uh I was thinking it's like to rival and maybe I'm just dumb, but maybe it was, I thought it was to rival uh, the whole Beyonce Disney deal thing. I don't think. But I'm like, she's like not a, as relevant. <laughs> not at all. Not like not at all. She hasn't had a modern. Hit she was in a couple of TV shows and like, right? Wasn't I know she, she was in a a critically acclaimed movie, Hustlers, a couple of years ago. Um, but I I just I don't know what maybe her production company or maybe she's produced some things that I just don't associate with her name or the JLo brand. But, uh, it's weird to me that, you know, getting a deal like this, uh, I guess Netflix looks at the money or looks at the numbers, looks at the figures though. They figured it out, but, uh, it's just curious to me. I'm wondering what kind of content she'll be producing and creating. Uh, okay. Our last piece of news, Transformers, Six, but actually the seventh one in the series will be titled Transformers Rise of the Beast and will uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago or a month ago where it'll introduce the Beast Wars characters the Predacons oh uh, yeah hey, hey. <laughs> the Predacons um, the Optimus Prime Gorilla I can't think of you know all those all those Beast Wars characters. It'll be set in 1994, New York City, and Peru. Uh, I guess Peru is where the beasts live. Jungles, you know, I mean, robots, of course, of course. Peru. Here, here's my thing. Um, the director talked about how Optimus Prime was going to be in this movie. But I'm pretty sure Transformers 1 starts with Optimus Prime just now getting to Earth. And I'm curious... How that works. How they're going to explain that one. So he's going to go to Peru and find other friends from home that were there for a long time. 
that developed with the world, and they're going to teach him how to transform into a gorilla. No, no, they're separate characters. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> you think they're separate characters. Okay. Yeah, but at the same... But again, how does Optimus Prime land on Earth in Transformers 1 if he was hanging out with the Beast Wars people in Peru in the 90s? I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe they'll explain I'm it. I'm saying maybe they'll go to the 90s, show people discovering this in Peru, and then... Fast forward to the future. Optimus oh, Prime then goes to Peru okay. and then trains with the f- probably all fucked up from human experimentation transformers. Totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, the, uh, I yeah, but I don't know. Well, if let's the watch whole... it. Let's watch it, and we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. We'll see who's right. You need to see Transformers Five. Is what you need. I'm to not see. watching any of you them. You need bro. to see Number Five. It's one of the worst three hours of my life. And Three I need, hours. I need to share that with other people. Okay, Mark Wahlberg's character is related to King Arthur, <laughs> and that was actually the last piece of news. Uh, if you want to do the album releases, oh yeah. All right, so um, let's just start. Holy shit, this cat man. Um, so <clears throat> we've got uh, Cautious Clay. Um, you may know him. I feel like he's... I put a song on our previous playlist by him. As you say, I feel like either you showed me him or I showed you him. But... It had a Mick Jenkins feature, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he, he does singer-songwritery shit, but he also produces a bit. Um, and, yeah, he's got a cool name. He's got an album coming out called Deadpan Love tomorrow, tonight, whatever you want to call it. So that should be interesting and probably has some good features. And I, would be, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if... That song that we heard was just a single, you know. I I, I legitimately think in parentheses it says single edit nice. on that song. So yeah. But yeah, I mean, he also does like some not ghost writing, but writing for other big artists. Like he's written for Taylor Swift. He's written for John Legend. He's written for uh, whatever her name is, Quinn, or his name is Quinn X C I I. I don't know pop singer stuff. Either way, um, yeah, totally. That's coming out. Uh, <laughs> Then uh, Dave Kooning, uh, who you might better know as the lead guitarist of The Killers. Oh, okay. Um, he's doing, uh, I don't know if it's his first, but it's called A Mild Case of Everything. Um, solo work, um, which could be pretty interesting. I don't think he has. Uh, no, okay, yeah, he does. He does have one other solo work two years ago. Are The Killers still a thing? It. Are they still a group? I think they're still a group. I don't know that they're still like recording music exactly, but I think they still tour and stuff. Uh, let's see. What's the last thing they released? They released... Well, we're just dead wrong. They had an album come out this year. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. How did we miss that? When? I don't know. Just as 2021. Let's see. Imploding the Mirage. Imploding the Mirage. What a cool name. So cool. Oh, wait. It actually released August 2020. Quit lying to me, John. Well, oh, because this is the Deluxe Edition. The Deluxe Edition came out in 2021. I was like, it says here on Spotify 2021. I don't know. Yeah, August 21st. So it was okay, like right around yeah. when we were getting started, so we probably just missed it by a hair. Um, but yeah, so he's doing that. Um, Doja Cat, uh, kind of a... I wouldn't say hot new rapper but I'd say definitely, she's hot right now yeah she's hot right now and she's definitely climbing up in popularity especially the, with the fucking 
best friend songs. Yeah, definitely not new rapper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's got an album, Planet Her, coming out. I think it's her third album. Um, again, slated for release tomorrow night. I'm really actually super excited for that because she's like probably top three female rappers for me right now. Um, no Name's going to stay at the top of the list for all time, probably. Uh, That's fair. And I would say number two, it's close. But I think I like Megan The Stallion more than anyone else. And then probably Doja Cat third. I could, like, sometimes I want to put Rico second, but I'm like, she has a lot of misses for me, and, like, I think I inflate her just because of Kenny, and not for any other reason. Um, so yeah. Doja Cat, new album. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a full week here. Uh, so then we got Modest Mouse, uh, everyone's favorite yeah. Portland fucking indie band that's not indie because they're larger than life. Everybody um, listens to them nowadays. Yeah. Uh, it's called The Golden Casket. Um, I haven't heard any singles or anything from this, which I'm actually very hype about because it's probably going to be really at least decent, if not modest mousy in you know, their own little special way. Um, you think it's a casket made out of all gold or just like gold covered? You know, save some money, just cover it with gold. gold just gold leaf. Yeah, but exactly. not Yeah. Just some gold trim. Uh, no, I assume it's uh, a full golden Hey, casket. you know, you never know. Um, and then we've got Ski Mask, the Slump God. Nice. Uh, he, he's got a new album called Sin City. Or, I think it's an album. It How could you spell be a mixture. Just, Just like... Sin City. Oh, okay, like weird. the <laughs> comic book cartoon thing, whatever it was. Uh, comic book movie? Yeah, movie. Uh, then we also have, uh, Saweetie, the, uh, rapper female rapper uh pretty bitch music is her new i think it's her first pretty album yeah, um, i like that name a lot I... pretty bitch music yeah, it, it reminds me of like a two chains thing i don't know if if two chains uh, was a woman that's what you name his album and it's got um what's it called uh, a bunch of singles one of which is best friend that we have all oh god so it's Heard already platinum or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, Tyler, the creator, Call Me If You Get Lost. Uh, it's coming out this week. It's his sixth studio album. Yes. Should be hopefully okay Should be hopefully better than Igor-ish. I mean, it has actually features again, and I think it's supposed to be wrapped this time. Thank God. I mean, you know, Flower Boy was okay. <laughs> but, Flower Boy was rap. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It felt like it was bordering rap. But yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Was that the last one? Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, what'd you do the last two weeks? Sorry, what'd you do worth mentioning the last two weeks? Exactly. Um, well, I'll start with music, because um, I already have that pulled up, but... Um... Thankfully, I'm a big Lord guy, and she came out with a new single. Um, thankfully, you're a big Lord guy, you know? Thankfully. Well, no, thankfully, she came out with a new single, because I am a big Lord guy. I know. Uh, and, I'm, like, it's definitely not bad. It's not exactly what I was expecting, and I'm not really sure what direction she's going to take this album based on the single. Sounded kind of generic. He, yes. It just it didn't sound like Lord exactly, I think was the weird thing for me. 
Yeah, I, but I, I can't I complain. I'm, I'm excited. I um, and then the front bottoms had a new single. Who are um, the front bottoms? I feel as though you've mentioned them before. I think on this podcast, yeah. I talked about their 2020 album that came out, and then um, they have like one of my favorite songs of all time called "Twin Size Mattress," which is totally like if you don't listen to anything else ever by them, anybody, you need to listen to that song because it's excellent. The yeah. rest of their songs. You have to be in a mood for like like their sound, but that song, unanimously good. Not anyone, no one can dislike it unless you just hate rock instrumentation. Uh, I might. <laughs> no. Uh, and then obviously Migos, but we'll fast forward through that. Um, and th- there was the new Isaiah Rashad single, um, which I believe you put out, but pretty good put on the playlist. But I'm excited, man. Yeah, I hope good. this album Isaiah comes Rashad. out. I hope this album surprises me and drops tomorrow, and then I just have all the rap to listen to next week. It won't. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping. I've probably said this multiple times. I'm hoping Absol drops an album tomorrow. How about that? I'll just I'll yeah. Just and Azizi that. drops his, and No Name drops hers. I've given up on Azizi dropping his new album. Uh, yeah, and No Name actually, yeah, was teasing this week on her Twitter. She was like, "Y'all, y'all want me to drop the album?" And I'm like. Yeah, why wouldn't we want you to drop the album? <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah never release it. Uh, and then Vince Staples had a, a new single, Law of Averages, for whatever reason in all caps. I didn't care for that. Yeah, I was like, it was, the production was kind of, it was almost like Monty Booker produced it. Yeah. Which is not ever a bad thing, but then it's Vince Staples. It just is Vince like, Staples. Yeah, it just didn't really, it didn't fit for me, it didn't click, there was something missing. I feel as though um, Vince has just had a weird trajectory. Uh, he's been literally all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> to like, oh, he used to be like really good, and then, oh, Big Fish Theory, and then, oh, he's putting out some cool singles again, and then, oh, I listened to this, like, I don't know. I didn't even hate Big Fish Theory, but it was too random, I thought. It was just it so, was like I thought every song sounded the same, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. I think it's because they were all produced with the same like again like soundscape like yeah. he was like this is how i want the songs to sound and then the producer was like well i can't make the <laughs> same song and he was like but this is how i want it to sound yeah. that's that's one of those cases where you take cohesion too far yeah um and then the baby came out with ball if i want to um which almost sounds like he just like wanted to hop in a booth and write like just spit one verse that he wanted to sing and then get off because uh, it's literally like a minute and a half or some shit like really short but it's excellent i just kind of wish it was longer um and i'm hyped if there's another baby project coming out because it's gonna go fucking like triple platinum because he's yes, literally like, he the biggest thing in rap right now very hot right now yeah um and then mcjenkins had a new single i don't know if you listened to it i put it on I literally saw like it. early I was, this I was morning gonna wait till next week you know so i could talk yeah. about it next week <laughs> I think it's really good. I mean, like, really, really good. Rarely misses. The man and rarely misses. This one for sure is produced by Monty Booker, and nice. that is excellent in my opinion. Um, yeah, um, and they fit really well together. Mick Jenkins rarely. Miss. The only time he misses are when he like, or is when he releases an album, and they're just some songs that's like, all right, man, you've said a lot on this one song, and right. it's not even like that big of a thing. So. I, I, I trust them, you know? I, I don't need those singles for me to know, you know, the album's going to be hype, at least. 
All right. And then as far as things I watched, uh, watched the new Rick and Morty season five debut. Oh, yeah. I don't watch season four. So how is it? Got to catch up, bro. No, uh, season five debut. Well, I'm telling you, season four was like way better than season three. Once the fandom dies, I'll be right back on. <laughs> this is now the new family guy. The fandom is now a core fan base. And the people who were initially with the hype are going to die off. So you might be in that first I, pool. Because I, I, I didn't watch the last season. I'm definitely in that first pool. Well, I'm saying this might go to season 19. They already and then renewed like, it for How many more? seasons are there? I bitch, I know that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> and I'm saying just like Family Guy is now where we didn't even know if it was still going, uh, you're gonna be yeah. like, Is Rick and Morty still going? Uh, I mean, I don't doubt that at all. And no, that means you sure. won't go back to it. It's true. Because no one's going back to nineteen seasons of fucking family. Hey, I, I'm almost finished with The Simpsons, okay? <laughs> Simpsons is a different thing. The Simpsons was the first uh, of these to I mean, do it, that. It's true, but it's still it's um it's a lot, man. Even if you anyway, like the show. It's it's pretty good. It's not. It doesn't hit the heights of season four, but it's only the you know first episode. It just kind of got things back in motion, and there were definitely some good jokes. I laughed out loud a couple times, which is always a good sign. Um, then, as far as continuing TV stuff, um, caught up on Million Little Things. Caught up uh, on uh, Atlanta season two. I had finally finished it because I got stuck on that. I told you a million times. I got stuck on the one where Darius goes to the weird oh, dude's mansion. Oh, he's in whiteface. Donald Glover's in yeah, whiteface. Yeah, yeah, Donald Glover's in whiteface. And I was like, he literally opened the door and he was waiting there at the door. And I was like, nope, I'm done here. <laughs> I was like, I'm not in the mood for this, yeah. whatever this is about to turn into. And it turns really, out, yeah it, was, yeah, it was good that I waited. It was good that I waited. That was a weird episode. But... I didn't care for that episode particularly. particularly. I mean, it was really good tv in a vacuum but like for what i like out of atlanta it took like all the things away and actually and i, I really love lakeith stanfield's character i love darius but i'm like not in that setting not where he's got to deal with some weird fucking it's weird making him the normal guy yeah when like <laughs> yeah. the whole point of his character is he's, not yeah right. which could he's be like, what they were going for right but i'm sure mm, mm. i'm sure they thought of everything but i'm like yeah no thank you mm. um but yeah, obviously, Atlanta, excellent show. Can't Great wait show. for season three. It's supposed to be coming out soon. Season TM. three and four, they're supposed to come out like boom, boom. Like, well, if, I mean, if, I know, if but COVID... they only just recently resumed filming. Right. But if COVID haven't happened, hadn't happened, season three was supposed to come out like in March or April last year, and then season four was supposed to come out in fall last year. Oh, sure. Yeah, but COVID ruined all that, ruined all the hype, so. um, And then... There was one more thing, I think, TV-wise, but I can't think of it. No, oh, I think that's it. Um, but then I watched movies. Uh, well, movie. Because we watched a movie for the podcast, but movie that I watched that wasn't for the podcast. Um, Another Round, that uh, Oscar Mads Mikkelsen oh, Danish yeah. Teachers Getting Drunk movie kind of weird um not weird in like any kind of the lobster way or anything just oh it was weird not that the it weird was like, i want <laughs> no no oh. it was weird like okay the goals were very clear from the start you knew that the people wanted to like scientifically approach being day drunk to like you know free up the monotony of their day and they'd like changed as people as they gotten older and they were less like free and loose and there were all these like yeah there were all these like comparisons to like 
teenage drinking years where you can just like drink and be wild and you open up your social inhibitions and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you all are like 40 something year old teachers with like real jobs. Like you can't be pissed drunk during the day. And they're like, well, no, we'll just keep our blood alcohol at, you know, 0.05%. And like, we'll just have a nice buzz throughout the day, all day. Yeah. Okay. And so that was kind of the premise. And then obviously it's drinking. So they start to escalate and then, you know, bad things happen, but there was, um... there was no, it was literally like there was no repercussions for any act, negative consequences outside of one major one. Those and then the major one, the major one was resolved by everybody drinking. <laughs> so I was like, another round. Is the, yeah, I was like, is the point of this movie drinking is good? Or is the point of this movie like getting over all your social issues? from whatever means necessary is important. And I was like, I don't know that either of these are the best message to send home, but it was a fine movie. And the acting was actually really good, but Oh yeah. The story was well, probably not as good old. probably not as good as Leonardo DiCaprio gonna play the American version of all those characters. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah, true. True. Um honestly the American one could be interesting because like there was no reason that this had to be like a, a whatever it was. I think it's Danish, but mm. Not There's no reason it had to be Dan. I mean, set pieces or well, like uh, they're obviously school teachers, mm-hmm. um, and so their school system's a little bit different. Like all their tests are oral examinations for like the big end of year exams. Is that how that works? Um, yeah, and Ugh. so like, like one of the main focuses is like. There's a kid who has like really bad test anxiety because he failed the previous year's exams and had to repeat like senior year of high school essentially because he couldn't get into university. Um. And he's like super nervous, and so they're like, "Oh, just take a drink," you know. And you're like, "Wow, I mean, hey, you know." I mean, there is thing, you know, you take the edge off. I'm just like, <laughs> this movie is like, it's just strange. Like, it's just weird to see a movie take that position. Right. Uh, is all. Um, but it was pretty good. Um, and outside of that, I really don't think I did anything else. Um, studied. If you nice. want to hear about that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I <really> don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Andre is uh, the powerhouse of the cell. Okay, I'll take over that. from here. I'll take over from here. I watched a lot of things, but nothing really worth mentioning. Yada, yada. There's a new season of that Alone Survival show on Netflix. Yada, yada. Uh, I watched not all four, because there are four, but I watched the second, third, and fourth Star Trek The Next Generation movies. Um... I was just in the mood because it's like, you know, a long episode. But what I didn't foresee is that they're like long, bad episodes. <laughs> so um, I'll just I'll just uh, go real quick. The f- second one, First Contact, is awful, really stupid. They ruined the Borg, uh, the alien race, the Borg, and give it this weird sentient character so that you have something to latch on to who's actually a villain and not just the Borg Collective. So that was really fucking stupid. Moving on. Insurrection was pretty good. Probably the best one because it seemed like the writers actually knew the characters and kind of knew what they were doing with it all. But it reused some very similar themes and events from previous episodes. Like, specifically... They get into this old-fashioned blood feud from, like, forever ago. But that's already an episode idea. And then there's this part where it's kind of like... 
It's kind of like uh, where uh, the people of Rohan have to get to Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. you know, and they're all in a group like that. Well, there's an episode that literally already does that, but uh, you see it in this movie again, just with a different like setting or set pieces. Uh, then the third one looks the best, but might be the worst. I really like the aesthetic. I think the direction was there, but the writing didn't feel good. All the characters, they married two characters, and it's really weird why they did that. I I don't know. There's a lot of complaints I have with just the character work in that third one. Uh, Tom Hardy's the villain. Huh. Yeah, like young Tom Hardy. I'm talking young Tom Hardy. It's kind of weird seeing him uh, just yeah, yeah, that be that weird. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bad movie. These are all bad movies, except for Insurrection. These are only good if you just want more Next Generation. That's it. Uh, then I watched Kate Winslet's new Mayor of Easttown, the HBO Max original. Actually pretty damn good. It's uh, it's kind of like True Detective, but if it's set in a small, ho-dunk, everybody-knows-each-other Mayberry town. You know, where... The murders, you know, the neighbor next door, because you know that guy, because your brother Jimmy's friends with his brother John, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 so, but it's, you know, kind of a true detective uh, aesthetic, and the, like, what her character goes through kind of is similar to that, just the themes, sort of, not, not the existential time is flat circle themes, <laughs> none of that, <laughs> but uh, it, it's still pretty good, it's very good, you know, just TV. Very easily digestible, and it does the thing where you're like, oh shit, I gotta watch the next episode, because this episode ended that way. Um, yeah, uh, I watched... Are all the episodes out? Yeah, yeah. It was an HBO Max thing, so it's just like, all the episodes at once, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not? Whatever, whatever. I watched it when all the episodes were out, because I refuse to do weekly these days. Um, I watched some other things. Netflix has a new anime called Record of Ragnarok. And it's about gods versus humans. And it's not amazing. It's watchable. It's better than a lot of their anime. But uh, I would just, in case that's interesting to anyone listening, I would just go watch an anime called Fate Zero. Because it's literally that, but a hundred thousand times better. It's, it's not exactly the same, but it's pretty damn close. Uh, then the music, Azizi Gibson released a new single, I think I've said that the last four episodes now, uh, it's, it's a single, it's a song, I'll listen to the new album, um, Isaiah... I want to do the math, you keep talking, but I'm doing the math right now, how many, how many weeks do we have an Azizi <laughs> single on this fucking thing? Uh, okay, uh, Isaiah Rashad's new single, we already talked about that, uh, but the last thing I really want to talk about was MF and Melo, who's, uh, Pivot Gang guy. Chicago mm-hmm. rapper. Mm-hmm. He put out an EP called uh, In Route or In Route, however you want to say that. And the EP's okay. EP's whatever. But what's really interesting is that he has a song called Ball is Life and it's featuring a rapper slash R&B singer Dinner with John who is an old SoundCloud artist who was a Chicago guy and was like one of my favorites. But he was the first like artist death that really affected me. Because, uh, like, one day he was just stabbed on the street. And, like, done. Jesus. Yeah, and that was six years ago. So I was just seeing his name on, like, a random 
Pivot Gang's EP song. Like, it was just, I don't know, it's so weird. They got re-triggered. Yeah, it, it's really weird. I had to go listen to his old music. Uh, yeah, Dinwood John, great artist, should have kept going, whatever. Uh, but that's all I did with this week. If we want to move right, on to the so reviews. Far, hold on, hold on. Oh, 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 I'm almost oh. done doing the math. I'm currently on week eight, and there's been five. Well, uh, let's let's not count the Christmas one. I don't think the Christmas one's going to be in the album. So I, I think it'll be five or six. I mean, there wasn't a Christmas one. Com- I'm not saying I'm on our episode ten. I'm saying I'm ten weeks ago. Right, like but I, I think I think before that Christmas song come out in April. I know that, but I don't think he had a lot of singles between the Christmas one and April. Uh, uh, uh. So it might just be like one more. So six, probably a third of the album, because he likes to keep his albums on the longer side. Yeah, I think I think we've hit the wall. I haven't seen his name in two. But there also was that one week where you decided to not even put it on the thing, so I think it's seven. No, I put it on, I just didn't talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So then it's I, just six. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, that's fucking hilarious, bro. That's a lot of goddamn music. One to day. just release singles. One day he'll get popular. Uh, you want to move on to the reviews? Uh, yeah, do we keep the classic format? Do we switch it up? Either one. I think I could talk about both of these equally. Almost with the same thought process. I think I would do movie last. Okay, let's start off with... I'm first. Okay, um... I'll preface this with, um... Culture One is one of my favorite trap albums of all times. It did a lot of innovative things, I think. It uh, had really catchy hooks, got radio play, or... It got radio play and I didn't question it. I actually appreciated it. Um... It wasn't oversaturated with features. Nope. It was like a reasonable length. Yep. That was before streaming for the just the numbers sake was big. Yep. And so each... you didn't have to have a twenty song album. It seemed it seemed like all the songs had diversity. It seemed like some of the songs were tackling different subjects, whether whether it was still within the trap right. the trap atmosphere of, of things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just coined that one. Yeah. You know, whether it be that, it still seemed like there were different themes within that album. I can say none of that about Culture 3. Um, I can say almost the opposite of those things with Culture 3. Well, it, it, it will have a ton of radio play. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I won't appreciate it this time. How about that? <laughs> I appreciate it with the first one. But um, it's not diverse. It's a little saturated with features that don't really add anything. It seems like they didn't tackle any themes. They're just doing their thing every single song, and it doesn't seem like they even tried to branch out. Um, like if you listen to the jump from their mixtapes before culture one to culture one, it's incredible. But then you just see this culture three and it's, uh, I don't know, man. It really set the stage, I guess, for failure because I did have a, a sort of high bar culture two wasn't my favorite, but I still had the hype there. Right, but it's um, pretty good yeah. This, this feels like two steps back. Uh, some of the songs, I, I don't even know if I'd consider this trap music anymore. I feel like it's gotten to the point where it's just, it just seems like a beat that the Amigos are rapping on top of. Like, I mean, it's still trap drums, whether it's trap music, you can argue, I guess, guess, semantics, but. I just feel like the trap spirit was very not, um, not really a light in this. (laughs) I I mean, 
trap's gonna remain hot because a lot of drums are still trap drums, but like, like twenty eighteen I think was like peak trap music being like at the forefront. Like, cause like, what was it? Uh, or maybe that was twenty seventeen even when Culture One came out. Surely not. Culture though. One when was, was sixteen um, or seventeen. It was seventeen. When was um? Oh my god! Yes. Why can't I only remember his dumb name, Titty Boy? What's his fucking Two name? Chains? Two chains. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why. When did Pretty Girls Like Trap come out? Uh, pretty similar. It. Pretty uh, around the same time. I want to say. Yeah, hold on. I'll maybe. maybe... Twenty seventeen. Also. Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. Twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen was like peak. Yeah, I want to say like Culture came out trap. January, February, and Pretty Girls Like Trap music came out April. At that timeline, I think that's roughly Tracks. correct. And so I'm like, I think trap drums like stayed in the general like popular rap sphere, but whether trap music as a whole and like that whole Atlanta sound really stayed pertinent. And even Atlanta rappers in general, I like not to shit on Atlanta rappers or anything, but like besides Migos and to a small extent, what's his name? Uh, just said two chains. Yeah, two chains. Can you name me like two really <laughs> was, Atlanta I, rappers right I, now? I, I totally wasn't uh, gonna look up Atlanta rappers real quick. Just the like T Pain, <laughs> like he doesn't do shit anymore. Um, um, and I'm saying like you know, pop. Um, like Gucci Mane like hasn't uh, had shit forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Lil Yachty, Lil Yachty's <laughs> Atlanta. Or I guess Twenty One Sa- is Twenty One Savage from Atlanta. Um, maybe yeah. I mean, Google's telling me that. Uh, he still doesn't really make. I mean, oh, little baby's Atlanta. Okay, there you go. He's popular, okay. right? So okay, yeah. Twenty One Savage, a little baby. We'll give him that. But <laughs> they still like. Do they really make trap music? Those two? Oh no, no, none of these Atlanta rappers are really. Little baby, maybe I haven't listened to him in a while, I, so he could be. Little Yachty, though he. I mean, that last album was pretty close. To his. No, but I mean, it's trying to be old school, music. but. That was like Michigan music. I said it was pretty close to trap music. No, that was close to Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This this album was just a big old snooze fest for me. Um, I, I The first track I really liked because it just started out without a fade-in. Just bam, right off the cuff. It had this old school vibe, like 70s detective. Had that bass strumming and then the, little, uh, the trumpet in the background. I absolutely loved... Uh, Avalanche. That's I think that's what the first one's called. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved Avalanche, and then it's just downhill from there. Like Avalanche was maybe the peak of this album for me. Really, so, I thought just... Avalanche was pretty decent. I thought it was a nice start, but I didn't really downhill. I basically took. I had to take it in spurts. I did not. I was not able to just sit down and listen. Oh, to I I album. sat down and listened to it all. Okay, <laughs> I wasted There's like no a way. whole day. It felt like I wasted a whole day. Uh, I thought tracks 2 through 13 were pretty boring. Um, you pretty didn't saving. literally like a single other song from those that group? From 2 through 13, no. After that, I liked a couple songs. Uh, before that, you know, I liked Avalanche. But it was, it was just so samey, like the, the Polo G song. Um, the, uh, I liked the type um, shit with Cardi B. I hey, I did not like type shit. I did not like type shit at all. It felt I don't know, man. It's it's hard to describe why these songs sound so samey because it's like, well, of course they probably are using similar producers or the same producer, and well, of course they're probably using the same sample or some similar samples or the same beat. Uh, 
um, the same drum kits, whatever. So obviously they're going to sound a little similar. But I, I think my biggest I don't know. thing about them sounding the same is that I think they never switch up their flows. So oh, like, this one they didn't at all, man. This was like ever. This is one of the worst things. That, you know what? That might be one of the worst things about the album is that none of their bars really stood out. They all just give the same delivery and their writing is as good as it's always been, which is average. <laughs> and what's weirder to me is that now that they've all put out solo albums and I've seen what they can do, we've seen what they can do by themselves. And then to just see this, you know, them yeah. coming together and it's really not all that hot at all. Uh, maybe, maybe, the mainstream audience is going to dig this, but when I just compare this to uh, Quavo's solo album or Offset's uh, Father of Four, Offset's Father of Four is an amazing album, period. I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, you know, amazing is subjective, but whatever. I'll say it's an amazing album because it tackled a lot of things. It did a lot of things. It felt diverse. Um, so it's weird to see that when they group up, they're just boring and bland and same old Migos being Migos. And I, I don't know. It, it felt like it was even more of a step back than Culture 2. I thought Culture 2 was kind of a step back from Culture 1. So this is now two steps back they're going. Um, I don't, right, I don't so know. After, after the 11th track, which one's? Or 13 or whatever you said? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I liked um, Mahomes and uh, Time For Me. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, I want to say Why Not. I, I need to talk about Why Not. Because its hook is literally just Cousin Stiz's headlock song. Like, 100%. It might be some different words, but like he even uses the same exact line from it. So I don't know if it's an homage. I, I have no idea if it's an homage or not. Because Quavo was featured on a remix of said song. Uh, but... Like, I, you know, I don't know what's behind that. I don't know if this is just copying that song so that I don't really appreciate the song or if it's an homage and it's like, okay, it's kind of his take on Headlock. Um, either way, I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it was okay. Um, I, yeah, I didn't like type shit. I, I like Time For Me because they did that old school kind of auto-tune Quavo. They really avoided the auto-tune, I think. A bit, even though what's weird is I kind of miss it. I yeah. think they should have done more auto tune singing. Uh, maybe that's just me, since you know, time for me was the only one I could tell was the auto tune Quavo, or you know, the the auto tuning where you can literally just definitely hear. Um, and then uh, I want to talk about that light it up song, the pop smoke song. Mm-hmm. That felt so out of place. It's terrible. It, it felt like it was just a Pop Smoke song that they featured on. Like, it, it sounded like a Pop Smoke song. It had that same feel of a pop, of that, like, the same feel of that Dior song. Um, it gave me the, uh, remember that song Panda by Designer? Yeah. yeah. Also, um, R.I.P. Designer. What the fuck happened to Designer? I think, uh, what was it? Kanye killed him, right? Yeah, like ever since he quit Kanye. good music. Yeah, ever since he yeah. quit good music, he disappeared. Um, well, because even on good music, he wasn't releasing anything. And then that's why he quit. And then he got hit by the fucking Kanye mob. 
Panic, Panic. Uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's really weird. It's it's weird that a that a song presumably you know created by Migos doesn't sound like a Migos song. It sounds like a Pop Smoke song that features Migos. Um, I don't know. The features were weird in this whole album. Not my thing. This album was not my thing. It wasn't even. I, I wouldn't even say I even hated a lot of the songs. I just didn't like a good amount of them, you know? It's not like they were offensive. They're just so generic and boring that I didn't care. So, Basically same, but the first time, and I'm curious if it's just a product of all the songs sounding the same, so it's not really having strong opinions one way or another. Yeah, probably. But I don't think we shared a lot of overlap. Like, I like Mahones also, um, but in that my first album, I have most of my likes. And it's not for any strong reasons. I was just like, oh, oh I could yeah. put this on a workout playlist. <laughs> yeah. I could put this on a workout playlist. Like, oh, this is a banger. Uh. No, Avalanche was the only song I like, appreciate. I mean, like, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I think this is a song, you know. Um, yeah, this, this album isn't uh, isn't going to evoke any strong emotions at all, whether it be, like, hate or love. It's not going to. It's going to be middling. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of sad to see. Because, you know, it's really unfortunate. They literally have unlimited budget, I would bet. And they probably have the best audio engineers, audio producers. Like, they have the best of the best behind them. And this is what they make when they do. Yeah. It's like, like that rich person complacency thing. Like, they know it's going to make a million dollars either way. So, who cares? Once artists get happy, that's when they start losing it. <laughs> I exactly. I'll, I agree. Once they just actually start making except money. For, except for pop musicians. Well, yeah, because they it, were starting that way. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Eh, I don't know that they start. I mean, a lot of women. Well, I they start like, going for that sound. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I won't say the. I won't say pop singers are happy. They're probably not. <laughs> uh, I will say once there's like proof of concept and proof of money, they mm-hmm. just kind of latch on. And there's nothing right. that they don't want to let go. Yeah, but yeah, um, all in all, I'd say it's probably like a solid five and a half, six. I, yep, six. Yep, sounds good to me. This is not uh, anything to write home about. Yeah, like, I think you should listen through whichever ones come up on the radio and just understand that those are going to be the ones that can play at the club and at the bars, and those are the ones you need to know for social <laughs> reasons. Yeah. But outside of that, eh, I wouldn't get too hung up on knowing... I wouldn't spend an hour and a half of your life on this album. No, I, I think I think Wise. that's a better way to frame this whole review. <laughs> like, I wouldn't yeah. spend an hour Wise. and a half on this. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really even have anything to say. Like, add on to that. So, six out of ten. Right, Quiet Place Two, John Krasinski follow up to the hit. Okay, uh, hold on. Before we get largely into... silent movie. Before we get into uh, how I felt about the movies, I want to go on the tangent of how I don't miss the movie theaters. Really? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Not one bit. Nope. Like what kind this... of movie did you theater did you see it in? Just the one here. Regular? Or just like, like stadium seating, the ramp seat. Ramps? I don't... Yeah, ramps. I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know... Uh... I think stadium room? seating, like, I, I, I refuse to go, I like, I don't go to Cinemark anymore. I don't care if the chairs are nice. 
that ramp bullshit where you can always see the person in front of you's head? No. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that is that is a good point. But that's not even my problem with the movie theaters. I'm going to start off by saying um, I feel so bad for people who had to watch this movie in a big crowded theater just because of how quiet. Well, I'm, I, don't I'm, think anyone did. I think they did. I think they did. I mean, this movie made like 50 million in two weeks. This, they were definite crowded theaters. I'm sure uh, there were. I'm just saying. Well, I feel sorry for those people because when it was quiet, I could hear the old couple's heart rate go up because his breathing was up. And I was just like, wow, this is such a good way to enjoy this movie instead of at home. Uh, right. Yep. And then, um, hold on. I, I could hear the later showing of Quiet Place through the wall. Oh, and it would have like a loud scene? Because it was the music from the beginning, but we were in a deaf scene. So I could just rehear the music. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really, really, um, I don't know. I'm really into this. I'm, I'm not taken out of this at all. It's, it's, it's very immersive. Uh, right and like that's just a couple of the things i don't like uh or at the beginning of the movie when they were dissing disney plus and they show a small screen and like you could watch this at home and then it zooms in and it's like the big full screen and it's like but you need the full experience at the theaters and then quiet place 2 opens up and it's letterboxed (laughs) (laughs) i we went we went to um, Movie Tavern here in Lexington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's stadium seats, and it's got, like, the recliner seats. You can, like, order food and stuff. Right. And I probably wouldn't go there to watch a movie I really want to watch again. But, like, to watch a little fucking, I don't know, animated movie or some shit like that, I'd happily go see it there because seats are way comfier, and it is nice to get alcohol and snack snacks as opposed to, like, popcorn and candy. Um, like, you can get basket of fries like pretty good fries and like a burger or something if you're actually hungry but like it's a little too bougie and they have to keep the lights a little bit more on so that the staff can walk around and i'm like that's that's what's doing it like i don't mind like at home if people have to walk around go to the bathroom go get up because you can pause the movie (laughs) exactly but when someone's like literally gotta fucking sit there and have a discussion about what they're ordering next to me i was kind of like i don't know miss me that but i think that was a product of the theater i chose and not necessarily like theaters as a whole like i think if i just had gone to like the cinemark in lexington i would have been totally fine or Or you might have had the problem that i had and you'll hear everyone's breathing because people can't breathe quietly Uh (laughs) no we kind of went like at a random ass time like in the middle of the week like i I don't know i went at one o'clock on a tuesday Get fucked. Well, that's that's matinee time, bro. That's not a random time. That's boomer clock. I mean, that's retiree central. I I I just this is solidified. They probably brought their own oxygen tanks. This is just solidified that I don't care about the movie theaters. I don't care. It's over. Let them die. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the I, nail in the coffin. I, I really don't care. Yeah, unless it's like I'm going with a friends and they're or going with a group of friends and there's an atmosphere generated, you know, like, Oh, we're all going to see this. Oh, we can all talk about this after. But if it's just for movie going experiences, the movie theater sucks. I'd rather just be at home and turn the lights off and have a headset. Or something. Yeah. I, I, again, I think the only movie theater experience that's going to be preserved, even just like as a solo viewer and, or like small group, like again, big group of friends. I think always the movie's going to be better. Yeah. It's just a thing to go oh, do. Yeah. You go get dinner or whatever. Like it's a whole thing. 
But if I'm like one of the only people in the theater, again, that caveat where like I get the exact seat that I wanted, I don't know that my home will ever match just a screen that large, a sound system that good. I'll get over it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, not that it's that much better. I'm just saying it is better. Okay, on to The Quiet Place 2. I just wanted to get off that tangent yep. before I start in the middle of the review. Um, yeah, so John Krasinski, new follow-up sequel. It kind of takes place basically just after the right first after. one. I mean, not literally right after, but like a day. It's pretty close. Yeah, two days, something like that. It's like not much time. Because she, like, she's doing all the math, right? Like that first sequence is like a little montage of her like calculating all the days and triangulating positions. And like that took, you know, I assume more than 24 hours, but. It's true. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it starts with the flashback where it's John Krasinski's only thing and boom. Why was the flashback are. the best part of the movie? Is that just me? It was one of the better parts. And I think it's because the novelty of the quiet bullshit had really not worn off entirely, but it now felt as like, not necessarily a gimmick, but like a vehicle. It wasn't like a whole crazy new immersive experience like the first one was. The first one, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Exactly, yeah. And, and the whole time, the whole hour and a half-ish, I was like, oh, great. This time, I'm like, I know that we're going to be doing this. And so having that little change of pace, getting me back into, oh, we're going to watch a movie and we're back in the theater and then we're going to go quiet. Like that was nice. And obviously John Krasinski is a good actor and really that good. developed story that wasn't developed. Like yep. that, up until then, we really had no idea why they were even on the fucking planet, right? No, we, yeah. we still really don't, but now we know how it happened. Um, yeah. Or at least some semblance of how. Right. And it introduced Killian Murphy's character. I thought it was a very, very effective opening scene. Um, mm-hmm. But the rest of the movie, I, I'll, you know what, I'll go back and uh, talk about the deafening scenes, or when the audience is deaf. Uh, the inherent tension of the deafness, of the not being able to hear anything, is really cool. But as you were saying, I don't, lazy's not the right word. <laughs> but it's weird that they like they did this, oh, it's tense, it's silent, and then nothing really came of it. It didn't didn't do anything with that um it didn't do anything like special that the first one didn't i think that's my biggest problem with this movie is that did it do anything that the first one didn't like like in terms of anything in terms of any character development in terms of oh yeah i think so a little bit i mean like it, it gave wind to you know the girl becoming a main character herself uh or more of a main force within the movie right um, but like, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't feel like this movie covered anything that the last one didn't to the point where I was asking why was this even made other than money and financial, obviously, duh. But <laughs> I, I, was... I mean, I think it furthered the, like, I do think that the first one was interesting enough that it deserved a either continuation of the story or like, you know, why were the aliens like? Not that I was unhappy with the first one. The first one could have been completely alone, never to be followed up on, and that would have been fine. Yeah. But it was good enough that it definitely could have had a flushed-out sequel that established some lore and why are the aliens there and how are we going to get rid of the aliens, etc. Um, and I think this one served enough to that end that it was fine. Like, was it a better movie? Probably not. 
but was it interesting enough? So yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, it was. It was an all right movie. It was a good movie. I'm not gonna say it was a bad movie. I just when I'm comparing it just to my feelings of the first one, and maybe a lot of it is literally just due to the. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the, the novelty of the death scenes, like. Uh, no, I, I swear that's it. I think that one, it was the, so the, innovative, the, and now it's like. Eh. And even with the, um, then they there's a horror movie with a like a blind guy so that they couldn't make noise or something like this. This use of sound has been used before, um, so it's just kind of weird that they went all in on it with this one. Like there was probably more death scenes in this one than the first one, right? I don't know. Like in total runtime or like yeah, I, th- I think total number runtime and number. Yeah, I think both. I I really feel like this movie was way no, quiet. What, the opening quiet. scene was like ten minutes, and then there was the whole island scene, which is also probably like six, seven minutes. Oh god! So you're probably looking at close to scene. you're probably close to like twenty minutes of like non-whispering, gotta be super quiet time. I think the first one only had like. No, I, I meant the character being. I mean, the audience actually being deaf. Oh, 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 like that's something like deaf scenes. Yeah, not gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was, um, and obviously she had more of a role, so that makes sense, you know, when you're making a movie. Obviously, I, like that does make more sense, but it ruins the novelty for me. I thought in the first one, when she was deaf and the audience was deaf along with her, that was awesome. It was crazy, had this tension, and then they kept doing it like seven or eight times in this one, and I just couldn't care less by the end of it. Or you know, by the last one. Um, right. And then, and then the weird, like, I don't know, the, it felt so predictable. Is that just me? The whole doc scene? That was, that was, I just thought that was kind of stupid. The whole doc scene. Yeah. Um, I, I was curious why dive was the one word that they would learn in the thing. And then once they went to the doc, I was like, got it. He's going to tell her to dive. Well, yeah, and, uh, I don't it's know. the only it's, sign language word he remembers. And it's really weird, the uh, use of actors in this movie. That's... I guess that's no one's fault, but it's weird that Scoot McNary played that evil guy on the dock. Animal, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Rapist, dude. Why, why would you get an actor I could name for a character that literally... Nameless, no dialogue. Yeah, stands literally and looks, grabs the girl. looks at Killian Murphy, grabs the girl, <laughs> and then walks away. Yeah. And, and it's like, why is that Scoot McNary? Um, and then Jaman Hansu... Why was Jamon Hansu in this movie? I he was the uh, the leader of the island. Right. Why? What? <laughs> it's amazing how much I like Jamon Hansu, and then how much they didn't use him at all. So I, I I don't know whose fault this is. I just think that's really stupid to have two pretty big. I mean, you know, two recognizable actors, and then just squander them on ten minutes, maybe. Like, they maybe got 10 minutes apiece, each actor. Uh, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of weird things. I thought this pacing was weird. I think that's part of the predictability problem I had. Um, the pacing just felt like I was, like, I knew the next scene. I was like, get over it, you know? It's it's that feeling when you just, you know the outcome of a movie. Or you know the outcome of a scene. Yeah, So you just kind of want to yeah. get them over it. Right. This was every yeah. fucking scene. I was like, come on. Come on, let's go. <laughs> like, come on, let's get the hearing aid to the speaker systems. Like, come on. Uh, 
or the 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 alien thing being on the boat. It's like, yeah, man, I knew this is, yeah, man, like, obviously the island's not going to work out, and obviously you're going to figure out a way for an alien to drive a boat, but yeah, man, like, <laughs> um, I don't know, man, there, there's some cool things, I think the direction was fine, I think John, John Krasinski's a good enough director, but, uh, I think, yeah, I think, unimpressed I think he did all. enough, I think he did enough to make it put his little stamp on, he can now do movies that aren't Quiet Place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought the score and the set design were all cool, all good. Um, no complaints there. I just felt I like the, the camera work too. Like there was like a cool tracking shot, like at Larry in the first scene where he's like got the apple, and then he's like walking between the stores, and he's just you're just following him along. I even there was a transition where it was the emergency red light on top on top of like the air control tower or whatever. And then it like fades to black, and you still see the red light. Then it fades in, and there's two red lights, and like that's a phenomenal scene transition. But it just—I don't know—it doesn't add anything to a movie. I don't really right, right. care right, when the, about when the plot's pretty boring and the characters <laughs> yeah. are pretty boring. I—I I, I don't know. It just felt like a retread of some things. Uh, Killian Murphy's character was probably the only thing that I was really latching onto. Uh, I thought his whole his. I'd say his half-assed arc, because the way they went about it was kind of half-assed, where they, he was just explaining it all. It was just like, oh, you're not going to find his dead wife. He's just going to tell you about his dead wife, and then you're going to find his dead wife. Uh, I knew we were going to find his dead wife. Why didn't? Okay, but why'd they have to talk about the dead? Why can't they just find the dead wife? And that would give me some tension and be like, oh, whoa, did he kill her? Whoa. And then he'd be like, nah, she was just sick. And it's like, okay. But no, instead, you get to see it. You know it's going to happen. Then he finds it, blah, blah, blah. Um I don't know, man. Uh, character decisions. Classic horror movie complaint I have, but this one did it extreme to the extreme. Like the boy. The boy is, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The son or whatever. That was, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even going to complain about like specific things he did. I would just say that character no, he was, yeah, he was as terrible, a whole. That character, yeah. I don't see what he did other than just like hinder the plot or sorry, create the plot. <laughs> because he hindered everything uh yeah. and that's like I, yeah i forget what the term but he yeah, he's like a, a classic idiot or something like he's always fumbling and messing shit up that causes the real protagonist to have to do something yeah this it's just not my this was not my favorite movie it was all right it was a movie it was watchable you know it was it's better than a bad movie <laughs> yeah i mean for sure i can think of movies i would recommend this one over and if you saw the first one i don't think this one's like not deserving of being watched. Like, I think it's totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that like anyone would ever... Actually, I shouldn't say I don't know that anyone ever, because I literally know that there's a, someone, at least one person out there, that thinks the second one's better than the first one, but... <laughs> probably. Probably somebody. No, I mean, there. no, I do. Like, I, I know the person. Oh, well, they're wrong. That person yeah. is so wrong. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah, tell but them I was right like, now. Yeah, yeah, I was like... Eh. Shoo-wee, you know, yeah, this, where, whereas the first one was new, it felt innovative, it felt fresh, so that, like, even if the movie wasn't solid, it's just the ideas and the themes were solid, you know, but then the movie happened to be okay, like, so that came, you know, came together and made a great product, but this thing, I don't know, it feels uninspiring, that's the best way to put my feelings for this one. Um, Out of ten? Seven. Just, uh, yeah, I think 
I think I could do. What, what would you give the first one? First one, I'd give like an eight, eight five. I, I really yeah. enjoyed the first I think, one. Yeah. I think I would go eight five first one. I think this one's fine at like seven five for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just didn't do it for me. Compared to it wasn't egregious and it was predictable, but it also wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Yes, it, was fine. it didn't stand out compared to the first. Just, one. Like you know, I'm just like. Like a seven means like it's right on the cusp of failing. This one wasn't right on the cusp of failing for me. It was just right on the cusp of mediocrity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Semantic. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, so that's a seven five for me. Yeah. Um. Uh, you got anything to add? Nope. Not really. Uh, Watch. I can't highly recommend it exactly, but I'm pretty sure the movie and album we're doing this week are going to be. Maybe, you know, I won't put that onus on the movie and album this week. I won't put that juju out there, but Thank you, I have a feeling that I feel we'll have a little bit more to say at the very least. A little bit less like, oh, it's so monotonous. Especially about the album, I hope. But, I think same uh, with the movie, too. Before I do the outro, I just want to do my weekly reminder of uh, the motion sensing plus or whatever on your TVs because I dealt with it again. Uh, if you have a new TV or a 4K TV and it looks like everything's a soap opera, just go into Motion Plus or uh, I don't know what they call it, Auto Motion Plus, Motion Sensor Plus, whatever they call it, Motion whatever. You turn that off, please, or Theatrical Motion, turn that off. Just turn that off. It's not. It's not good. It's awful. Yeah, it doesn't uh, look better. It looks way worse. Way worse. And I don't care what anyone thinks or if you think it looks better, it doesn't. So stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all I right mean, you can think two is bigger than three it doesn't make it true <laughs> you can be terrence howard it doesn't mean you're right you know right. So, <laughs> okay that has been episode 34 of the worst critics uh this week we will be watching pixar's i think it's pixar's luca disney's luca how about i just do that just in case it's not pixar it, 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 it's it's pixar it's okay. pixar Pixar's Luca and Tower of the Creators Call Me If You Get Lost. This has been episode 34 of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pino. And we're out of here.